When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, we're going to dive into a few things on today's Mackie and Judge Show, including a conversation with our friend Dave St. Peter, president of the Minnesota Twins, and also a recap of one of the greatest sporting events I've ever watched, Judd Zolgan and Declan Goff, the match, Tiger, Phil, Brady, Manning. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for a brief moment. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, and during these times... Uh, The pandemic has changed the way that businesses operate. And even as we speak here in the final week of May in the state of Minnesota, businesses are reopening and changing the way that they operate with customers. And so if you need trusted resources when it comes to planning communications internally to employees, HR related communications, there are trusted resources at federatedinsurance.com that you can get your hands on. Uh, Federated's mission is aligned with the success of your business. As you succeed, they succeed, and vice versa. You business owners are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it is our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Welcome in here on this Tuesday, the day after a three-day weekend in which all of us mostly just watched Tiger and Phil and drank beer and White Claw. I guess. watched Peyton. I was very excited about Peyton. And Tom. Tom was very nervous. I want to talk about Tom. Actually, at some point uh, in time. Dave St. Peter, president of the Minnesota Twins, did you watch the match over the weekend? Uh, I sure did. I, I wouldn't miss it. That was that was one of the most riveting. Like the fact that it started off in a monsoon, and all right, we're all sitting here. We've been waiting for weeks to watch this live sporting event, and what's this? What's Brady going to look like? And they cut to the live feed on TNT, and it's like, oh, okay, it's been it's it's classic hurricane in Florida happening here. But they played anyways. It was fun. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. I thought it was well well done. I, I thought the Barkley stuff was fun. I thought uh, Justin Thomas was great. I love the Mickelson putting tips with Brady, and for a guy who's a pretty hack golfer, uh, I, I appreciated it. So it, it was it was a good event. I think a lot of people watched, and um, I think it was entertaining, which is what it was meant to be, and raised a lot of money for uh, for COVID relief. Exactly right, Dave. And I, I think the thing too is the fact that we are you, me, Phil, 
uh, are so starved for sports now across the country that you could pretty much put um, football players playing tennis or baseball. We would watch whatever we, we can get these days, Dave St. Peter. Yeah, you're right about that. And I, you know, it's funny. I was watching with two of my three uh, sons, uh, both 22 years old, and they were and they were both betting profusely on the map. So, <laughs> you know, another indicator that at least with a younger generation, uh, um, I can tell you that's driving engagement as well. So uh, it was, I saw it play out in my in my living room. So, so with that, what what's the latest information you can share from where you sit on a possible return to play for the Minnesota Twins and for Major League Baseball, Dave? Well, you know, Phil, obviously it's been well reported that baseball's vision is to to try to get back on the diamond at some point here um, in in June, with the hopes that we can start a a, a regular season sometime uh, in early July. And, uh, you know, that really, that thought process has not changed. Uh, I, I think that there's certainly a, um, a lot to, uh, you know, to, to consider there around the safety of the players. And I think that's really been the large focus over the course of the last couple of weeks is, is collaboration between MLB and the Players Association around the resumption of play operations manual, which, you know, is a 67-page document that's very rooted in all kinds of details that I think will be modified uh, both from player input as well as governmental input. Um, but then beyond that, it, all, it goes to a host of other things, including the economics. So, you know, but that's still the plan is to hopefully get back on the diamond here at some point by the middle of June. David, talk about the, the financial tightrope, too, that this is going to be on a little bit just from the standpoint of uh, – it's been a very tough time economically, as you referred to, because there right now is no cash basically coming into baseball. Uh, the players don't want to give up too much, but how how concerned are you as sort of a steward of the game and a person who's worked in the game for a long time and loves the sport? Because I can't think of anything worse than at the end of the day they're not being baseball, not because of COVID-19, but because of the financial impact and aspects of this. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't think it would be appropriate for me to comment uh, on specifics of what is being, um, you know, proposed. Uh, you know, obviously there's an active negotiation that's going on. Uh, what I do know, I know two things. One, I know Commissioner Manfred and I know the owners want to play. Um, and Commissioner Manfred has a history in leading our game and making deals with the union. That's just the reality of his tenure if you study it. Um, but going beyond that, I, I know our players want to play. I don't have insight into the other 29 clubs. I do have insight into the Minnesota Twins. And based on everything that I have heard directly and indirectly through Derek Falvey, Fab Levine, Rocco Baldelli, as well as uh, through our player rep, Taylor Rogers, our players want to play. It doesn't mean they don't have questions. It doesn't mean they don't have concerns. Uh, but there's an active discussion. I believe that the two sides both wanting the same thing at the end of the day will help provide a path toward an agreement. And I'm optimistic that we will be on the diamond at some point here, hopefully in early July. Are you guys, are are the wheels already in motion for various things at target field and, and taking safety precautions, or is it too early because we don't know what the exact agreement is yet? No, no wheels are in motion. Uh, they have to be in motion uh, for us organizationally to be ready to host potentially spring training. Um, starting in the middle of June in Minnesota, which is still a possibility, as well as potentially a regular season. So, you know, lead times on, on PPE and, uh, of course, a number of other operational 
things that we required. There, we've been planning pretty actively over the last two months, and then since we received the resumption of play manual, which again goes into great detail, our team doctors, team medical staff, as well as our front office and mainly our ballpark operations crew have been spending really all of their time getting ready for scenarios, both here in Minnesota as well as in Fort Myers. So are odds good that spring training 2.0 would be held here, do you think, or is that still in flux, Dave? I think it's TBD, Judd. Um, I think that there's a lot of factors that could play a role in that, certainly some of them governmental Mm -hmm. in terms of the approval of of Governor Walls and the city of Minneapolis. But beyond that, there's also still some, I think, some definition that's required around the number of games that will be played and um, whether there will be exhibition games or, or, inter, or just inter-squad games. I think that uh, we could go either way on that. I think our preference is probably to be in Minnesota, but at the end of the day, that decision has not been made. Dave, big picture, too, uh, beyond the short-term urgency to get back and play sports, how much of an impact is this whole thing going to have on all sports? Just And I'm not talking about for a year. I'm talking about for years to come now. Coming out of this, how different do you see sports being as an experience for fans and also for players and safeguarding them? Well, I, I think there's no question that until there's a vaccine, there's going to be a significant change, right? It, it's going to change the way we operate our in and around our team environment in terms of the way our players uh, come and go into the ballpark and the way we the way we travel and the way we go about our life away from the ballpark and, and again for fans coming into target field once fans are reintroduced uh, there's going to be some operational changes around ingress and egress and restrooms and certainly concession operations and um, I think that that's just the short-term reality I think some of those things will stick over the long term post-vaccine and it'll be like airports uh, post 9-11 there will be some things that you'll think back, yeah, prior to the pandemic, we used to be able to do this or, or do that. But post-pandemic, this is a good example of that I think will be cash in stadiums. I think you'll see most stadiums, arenas go cashless, and uh, that will be one of the outcomes. Um, but I also am pretty bullish on American sport, and I think post-pandemic, we will eventually return to 70,000 people in stadiums standing next to each other, high-fiving and and doing all those things we did prior to the pandemic. I just think there will be some operational things that will be modified largely around the way we pay for things and the way we consume food and, uh, and, and get in and out of the ballpark or the arena. Do you guys feel comfortable shaking hands with anyone? I mean, is, is, is shaking hands a thing of the past at this point? I mean, having batting gloves on is one thing, but I don't know if I really want to shake hands with anyone, Dave, going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a fist bump guy myself, yeah. but, uh, but even that <laughs> might be out loud. Who knows? But, I, you know, again, I, I tend to be more bullish over the long term that this isn't the end of large gatherings. And maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, rationalizing because our business model is largely based on those large gatherings. But uh, I think over the long term, uh, we will return to that. Um, and again, we don't know what the exact layout is going to be of a schedule, but it's going to be shortened. I think we can all make an educated guess of 80, 100, whatever it is. How is the league how, and, and how are the Twins handling season ticket purchases? And, and what, what was at one point an 81-game home schedule and 162 games? Uh, how are you guys handling that yeah. going forward the rest of this year and into 2021? Well, right now what we've done, Phil, is we've, We've certainly tried to be transparent with all of our fans around impacted games, and we've dealt with all kinds of different fans, season ticket holders, group ticket holders, single-game buyers. We're offering 
refunds if people ask for their money back. There's no question about that. Happy to report a very small percentage of our season ticket holders have asked for their money back. We offered them a 15% bonus credit to roll their money over. So as I've said many times, where are you going to get 15, a 15% return on your money? Um, and that's what we're giving right now. So I expect a lot of our season ticket base will roll forward through the balance of 2020 and, if necessary, into 2021, which will give us a nice jump start on that renewal. Uh, our fans have been patient. I think that our fans, frankly, are so excited about what took place in 2019 and then what happened in the offseason that they're more patient than probably a lot of other markets where teams maybe there's maybe a little less anticipation for the season. So, um, but our fans have been great, and uh, we're hopeful to have more information and clarity to share with them on the start of our season here in the near term. Dave, off that uh, point as well, just from a, a Twins perspective, not a business one, but just a baseball one, um, I, I don't know if the right word is disappointing, but how difficult has this been to go into the spring? Donaldson's been put on th- this team, obviously the, uh, the uh, construction of the personnel looked really, really good. How tough is this to now not know if we are going to have a season? And if we if we do, it's going to be truncated when going back to Fort Myers in March, expectations were rightfully so high. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you, Judd, it's been frustrating. But on the other hand, I think uh, it's still in front of us. You know, I understand it will be a shorter season. And, you know, that makes, you know, some of the variables, uh, you know, can, 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 can play out a little differently in a shorter season. But uh, we like our club a lot, and if we're playing 80 games or 162 games, I'm still optimistic that we have what it takes to find ourselves hopefully playing deep into October. But uh, um, so I, you know, I I, I think I, I grab you know some 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 peace in the fact of knowing that if we do play, um, we could be a team that uh, that that it could be very dangerous. And uh, you know, I'm also optimistic that you know we have a lot of depth, a lot of moving pieces. If we end up having a little bit of a funky schedule, a lot of double headers, not many off days. Uh, I think we're constructed actually to overcome that better than most. Just so you know, Dave, Judd thinks that even if you do win the World Series this year, it'll be cheapened by the shortened season. It's just going to be already different. On the, record. the Cincinnati Reds, he, 81, he, man, the he, best record in baseball. He got screwed, didn't get, get in the playoffs. Just saying it's going to be different, He Dave. basically doesn't think it, it's not going to count, basically, in Judd's mind. Just so you know. Well, Judd, if, if we're so fortunate to, to win the World Series, I'm going to put that in the bucket of a good problem to have. <laughs> you are. You so would be absolutely I'll, I'll correct. Take that, I'll take that problem any day of the week. <laughs> exactly right. We'll talk about it then, all right? That's right, sir. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Appreciate Dave. you coming All on, right, man. man. Be well. All right. Dave St. Peter, Twins president over there. Misrepresenting the fact that I don't think I don't it would be a normal season. Declan, am I, rep- is, am I misrepresenting Judd's take on the Twins winning the World no, Series? No, he's just backpedaling because he's got the president on the hold yeah, and exactly. he doesn't want doesn't to double no, down. It, yeah. it, deserves, it deserves an asterisk. Just yeah, like okay. the back in 81, the Cincinnati Reds had the best record in baseball and didn't make the playoffs. Therefore, the 81 season is tainted. People are like, it doesn't have an asterisk. I don't care. It should. Maybe they can use your quote as whiteboard material, motivation. They can put it up in, in the clubhouse. Zolgad It'll be like column. Kirby Puckett quote. Tainted. Tom <laughs> Kelly quote. Zolgad quote. I'll be right up there with Puck and Kelly. Uh, we, we, let's just get right into this. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, you made it. I can be fair away. Over on seven. <laughs> By the way, you got to really pay attention when Tiger's throwing the jabs. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. That'll be in the fairway. Over on seven. Done. Chuck, you save yourself $50,000. 
Okay, that is the most fun I've had watching sports for sure in 2020, and the options are limited in 2020. Yes, they like, are. I, that might be the most fun based on circumstance I've had watching sports in years. I sat on my couch. Was it Saturday or Sunday afternoon? I don't even remember. It, uh, the days blur together. Sunday. It was Sunday. Whatever the hell day it was. Yeah, it was great. Quarantine day 80, whatever yeah. day it was. And I sat on my couch watching for five hours, including the 45-minute delay at the beginning because of the torrential downpour. And I was, like, laughing giddily to myself throughout the entire time. That was just – and by the way, uh-huh. it is the most watched golf match in the history of cable TV. You could have put those The four numbers on, are in. You could have put those four on playing tiddlywinks, and it would have had <laughs> 8 million viewers because we're so desperate for sports. But that was – here's what I hope – there is very little good to come uh, from this entire cluster bleep, but here's what I hope that we are going to take. I hope we're going to take ideas from things like that as far as what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand that if you mic up players and golfers and guys, I, I get a lot of it's going to be fluff. And there are some guys like, like Brady was for about nine holes on Sunday who were terrible, right? But there was a ton of glorious stuff. Phil Mickelson, who I've been very much on the fence about for a long time, and I sort of didn't like him for a long time, to me, in something like that, comes off as ultimately incredibly likable. And his commentary or analysis um, on that that one hole where he basically said, here's what I'm trying to do, and, yeah. and then he did it, and the it was great. It's a little bit lighter shade yeah. here, which means but it's going how, against the grain. But how interesting was that? Fascinating. Like, it's great oh, stuff. It was amazing. It's great stuff. So I just hope that we take ideas from things like that and continue to grow them. The best part about Phil Mickelson, so Phil Mickelson is a genius. He's the He is the Tony Romo of golf analysts. It, Absolutely. But, like, he treated Tom Brady... You could tell he was annoyed by Tom Brady on the front nine at times. Like he was just, but but Brady would ask for help. Okay, it's yep. my turn to shoot here, and yep. and so Phil would come over and give Tom Brady the analysis that he would give like Ricky Fowler or Justin Thomas. Okay, you can see that it, it goes against the grain here, so you're gonna want to land your chip here. And, it's, and Brady's probably thinking, dude, I'm gonna blade this over the green anyways. It doesn't even matter, right? But like, if you could have Phil Mickelson. Once he's officially done hacking around these majors, and he's going to be, I think he's 50 years old. He's going to be 50 in like a month or something. He in said. fact, he made a great joke about on the first tee, he the asked Tiger. Tiger, hey, you want a yeah. little long drive out the first tee? And Tiger's like, dude, I no way. And Phil goes, I'm 50, dude. What are you talking about? Going to be on the Champions Tour in a month, I think he said. But Phil Mickelson, in some sort of role, like roaming around the course during these majors, he could make $20 million a year just doing that at Top Golf. What surprised you? How uncomfortable Tom Brady was. I agree with that completely. In retrospect, I think I probably shouldn't have been surprised because he's such a meticulous planner. And and he's like he's the guy that puts in extra film study and think about how much he plans for his body to be ready for football. And he probably hasn't been doing any golfing. Like he's it's not like it's not like the other three guys have all the time in the world to golf. Yes. Two of them are pro golfers. And Brady's not golfing as much. Absolutely. Correct. And he even made some comment about that. Yeah. But I thought I guess I thought incorrectly that Brady would at least just be like a competent golfer. The eight handicap that they kept touting for Tom Brady, and I don't know, like Judd, you don't really golf, right? So an eight handicap basically means he shoots like upper 70s. His average score is yeah, like upper 70s, yeah, low no, 80s. No. 
Like, dude, if you're no. if you're an eight handicap, you are a stud golfer. Well, what type of courses does he? And I'm sure that they're nice courses. Yeah, but this course that that they were playing in Florida is obviously gorgeous, but also very difficult. Yeah, a lot of the top pros are members there. Because yeah, yeah he looked lost. What surprised me was was not the fact that for about nine holes or so he sucked. What surprised me was was to go back to your word how uncomfortable he seemed in the surrounding just as a human being. Yeah, even like having conversations. And- like he didn't seem, and I know his mic, now I, I claimed on Twitter that there's a potential that he sabotaged his mic on purpose. He for sure did. But his mic 100%. didn't work because of the, in air quotes, rain. Yeah, the other three guys had and no the, problem. And they had no problem. Uh, but I was just surprised at the level of how uncomfortable he seemed in that group of people. Yeah, I like think, he just didn't seem comfortable w- with himself. So, but I think it's because he knew he was the worst golfer. Sure, and and if he's not, he obviously has been operating in life and in football from this perch, right? Like yes. He any football room he walks into, he's the most knowledgeable. He and was he's the Christian best. Ponder as a golfer. Yeah, that's probably but that's accurate. basically what he was. But he's also so he's he knows he's got some insecurities. And I'm trying to play psychologist here. Like he's got some insecurities going into the match, which is why. He apparently played 18 holes that morning yes. and did, like, sprint workouts in the parking lot to get ready for I it. Also, I also would say this, and, and I know that he's wildly successful, uh, married to a gorgeous model and all that good stuff. I also would say this about Brady, though. It almost feels like he's being deprogrammed from the Patriots. Like, it almost feels like he's still, like, Peyton does not care. Peyton's great. Yeah. Peyton doesn't give a damn. Peyton will say exactly what Peyton thinks and give people crap and tell stories, and he's great. And he's totally comfortable being Peyton, right? He's just Yeah, he's just Phil, like the drive-by comment Phil, guy. He's great. Phil's the goofy dad. Like, Phil says stuff. Tiger's embarrassed. Tiger is guarded, but Tiger is not, if this makes sense, he's not, he's not team-guarded. He's just an individual yes. who, who is. Brady is the essence of in that Patriot shell, right? And so, so be, because it did seem like he began to relax after what the eighth or ninth hole. What's the one where he made the great shot? That was what the, hole seventh, did he make the, great seventh, the seventh. And he seemed to relax, but it's almost as if Brady is being deprogrammed from his Patriots code. Yes, I, I. So I'm I'm writing down as you're saying that all the different like. Word associations I have for Tom Brady, phrase associations now I have for Tom Brady after because that's the most access we've had to Tom Brady. <laughs> the, I, I should I should rephrase because he did that documentary Tom versus Time. It's the most unedited right. access to Tom Brady we've had, and that's the beauty of golf is that you get mostly like unedited looks at their personalities, even if they're not mic'd up. You can see these guys. From Thursday through Sunday, if they're you know if they're in the mix and if if they're in the top ten, they're just like always on TV for the four days. Sure. Even if Tiger Woods isn't mic'd up, or even if Phil's not mic'd up, like you see their personalities and you can kind of hear their interactions with caddies. You can see during times of adversity. Okay, Bubba Watson freaks out in his caddy, and like that's a glimpse into his personality. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of that in football because you get the sideline cameras. Okay, something's happening. Tom Brady's lighting up his offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, or whatever. But what you really got a glimpse of here, because they were mic'd up, it was five hours, and they were ribbing each other, and there was all kinds of byplay and stuff, and so you could really see, well, Peyton Manning, definitely a charismatic guy. Like, you could envision yourself golfing with Peyton Manning for five hours, and even if he's not playing well, like, he'll be a little bit quiet when the pressure gets up there, but, like, he's going to make jokes and tell stories, and 
Tiger Woods, who, by the way, didn't speak a word for like the last hour because he just goes into, I need to beat Phil Mickelson mode. Right. Mickelson's the guy who's going to make snide comments and want to you know, up the ante and bet. Tom Brady, I'm going to be harsh on him. He's not funny. I think we found that like, he's got a couple jabs here and there, but he's not particularly funny, right. especially compared to Phil Mickelson and Peyton Manning. Right. He's not all that charismatic. He's got just kind of like a plastic demeanor and face. And he's like, like if you give him some time to think about something or if he if he makes a great shot, he knows that he's going to tra- he can trash talk. All right. I'm going to trash right, talk. But Barkley. that's easy. But he's like he didn't really. The only story he told was when he was basically teed up, no pun intended, by Amanda Balionis for that um, the training camp story or whatever it was, that the Sox turned his feet green or something. Yeah, which wasn't that great a story, by the way. Brady's not all that intelligent outside of football. And one of the instances you could really see this was, so he's supposed to be an eight handicap. And like Eight handicap's not PGA Tour quality, but if you're an eight handicap and you're shooting in the 70s, like you presumably know all the rules of golf and you can... You're not going to like shank nine shots on the front nine. Like you're, you're a baller if you're an eight handicap. Sure. Like you can play some golf. And Tom Brady hits like one of his nine balls in the water that he hits, right? And he walks over at one point and his mic was working again to go find where he's supposed to drop his ball. And I am like a 25 or a 30 handicap if I had a handicap. I am not a good golfer. Mm-hmm. And even I know, and even probably Declan knows, like if you hit a ball in the water, you're supposed to find out approximately where the ball went in, what's the line of like where the ball went in, and then you can drop two club lengths or further back explain, along that yeah. line. <laughs> Which they right? explain to them. And like the fact that an eight handicap who golfs at nice courses and probably right. has like a caddy when he goes on and golfs, presumably, unless he's full of crap, which he probably is with this eight handicap, the fact that he had this like bewildered look on his face and he's asking like the production people, uh, uh, what do I do? And they're like, and finally Trevor Immelman gets in his ear from the broadcast booth. He's like, uh, Tom, Tom, yeah. you uh, find the line where the ball went in. <laughs> you can drop, yes. you know, take two club lengths and you can drop within whatever. And it's like, is it I don't Bernie know. I Sanders just, or is it? It was a little bit of Bernie Sanders, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trevor Tom. Illman. So I, I just thought like, I don't think he was that funny. He wasn't that charismatic. You found out exposed for five hours on TV. He's really not all that intelligent. Right. But he is super competitive and will trash talk you when he dunks on you. Which so is the easy time to trash talk. And yes. the, of that group, he was the biggest surprise. Uh, the thing I like about Tiger or the, the thing that surprised me is Tiger has more personality. I think because my expectation of him is that he doesn't have a personality. Oh, dude, he does. Tiger has way more personality he hides it from us than you think. Yes. I mean, it's not a great one, but it's pretty good. And it's, it's pretty clever. And the thing I like is, and Brady can trash talk you if things are going well for Tom Brady. But what I like about Tiger is he's got the zingers. Like the zingers are great, and they're like super subtle. You certainly have to be paying attention, but when Tiger wants to get you, Tiger can get Dude, you, and it's it's the, really fun. The best one, I don't know if you guys noticed this one, and it would take like a level of knowledge of golf and also knowing that Phil Mickelson has never won a U.S. Open but always finishes second in the U.S. Open. Phil Mickelson's finished second in the U.S. Open like six times or something in his career, and he's never won it because he always either blows the lead or comes up short. And at one point, they were looking for something to mark like Tom Brady's ball or like I can't remember what the instance was, but somebody was was looking to mark a ball on the green. And uh, 
And Tiger goes, hey, Phil, you want to borrow one of my gold U.S. Open medals? Yeah. And Phil goes, and Phil like claps right back and goes, no, I got a bunch of silver ones I can use. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Oh, it's so The line, funny. too, that, that he, he used when Phil talked about, what, flexing his calves or, or he, he's got a fire his calves. Yeah. He and, activate, he's going like, to activate, his, activate calves. his calves. And he's like, now you know what every hole with the, with Phil is like, was just a great subtle bang dig. Oh my God. But that made it, but those are the type of things from sports that we want. Dude, I would like, watch, I would watch 10 hours of that. Like they could have doubled the amount of time they were on the course. See, I, and I was good with 18. Thing. I, I oh, could have stopped man. at about nine, but it still was fun. Yeah. And, and it, it's why, if you can somehow get more access to guys, and I, I get it, it's going to be tough in tournaments and in majors, it's going to be damn near possible. Yeah. But if you can get that type of access, even at times, and not just, and now let's hear what Tiger Woods said on that last shot, but actual, and here's the other thing I've decided from the last dance from this, here's the last thing that I want from sports. And I would, and, and speaking of things that I would pay for, I want a channel that has guys mic'd up and doesn't edit at all. Because they were but taking that's, that's out. To get the players to agree with some of that. I know, is, but I don't care. But how But how Bra- much did Brady you want? Brady just like stopped abiding by any FCC regulations after he sunk that I know. ball on seven. It was great. He just like swore up and down the whole time. And they were dumping guys, right? Because the, oh, yeah, there were sure. pauses where it was Absolutely. clear that there was a delay in the uh, telecast. Yeah. But... How bad did you want Tiger Woods f bombs? At some point in time, I'm like, because this this would be Tiger, right? Like, yes. I don't. Th- this is what I would pay for. This I, is what I want. I uh, a bunch of people were making this same comment, so I'm like, what I'm about to say is not revolutionary, but can you imagine after everything we just saw with the Last Dance, if Michael Jordan was part of that group? I actually thought if, about if that on had, Sunday. Yeah, it would have been would have been hilarious. Romo would have been fun in that group. At one point, I was ready just because Tom Brady was a disaster until he holed out from yeah. you know, 150 yards. If you would have just have replaced Tom Brady with Tony Romo, who's a better golfer and more entertaining. It would have been more fun. But can you imagine Tiger, Phil, Michael Jordan and like pick another legendary okay. basketball player? Then I need my then I need my HBO like channel then. Well, that's the thing. You Michael Jordan like part of I think part of the agreement for Michael Jordan doing the last dance is guys I'm not going to censor myself, so you guys can handle it however you want. Like, right. if you need to bleep me out, that's fine. But if you were to put Michael Jordan in that outing and then put it either in primetime so you could run the F-bombs on, or just, like, put it on HBO, like you said, or Amazon or Netflix or something. Multiple channels. One Dude. was a swearing channel, ju- just like Last Dance, you know, was on two channels. The yeah. same exact type of thing. Oh, that, so that's what. But, yeah, you know what? In retrospect, choosing Brady... Partially based on the fact that he's a current player, was probably not the best move. It well, they probably wanted, should have wanted too, star power to raise money, so that was I get probably that. Their... But I, but for for enjoyment, entertainment factor, you're probably right. Romo or, or retired QB to go with Peyton would have been way more fun. And man, Peyton Manning not being in a booth for football is just more and more a crime. And we you should realize know why that is. He doesn't. Well, he he asked ESPN on the Monday night decision. Reportedly, he asked them for more time, and they said no. Sorry, we we can't. Which I I would have said, take your time. What? We don't. I don't care how much time you take. Why don't? What? So ESPN is clearly just punting the broadcast booth at this point. It's going to be like Steve. Yeah, Levy exactly. and Lewis Bullock. So why not get more time? Or Lewis Riddick? Why not so get more couldn't time? they have just said, all right, listen, uh, hey, Lewis Riddick, you are our plan B. 
Just so you know. Yeah. Peyton Manning is our plan A. Just so you understand that, like. Or why not just say, dude, we'll go three-man booth. Yeah. I, I and we'll know. put you in, in, the, in that booth. And Peyton, if you choose to participate, that's great. If you don't, that's fine, too. So Golf Digest has a breakdown of every sports, every other major sports handicap for players that play golf. So, like, Matt Ryan is a plus 1.2 handicap. Sam Bradford is a 0-1 to one handicap. So those dudes are like, like, and Tony Romo, I think. Adam Thielen's a 2. Yeah. And I know he tweeted at Ricky Fowler saying, Ricky, we next. And I would, I would be all, Ricky Fowler's my favorite guy in the tour, so I'd be all in on that matchup. Well, part of it, though, is like Adam Thielen is a better golfer than Tom Brady. But, but Adam Thielen, would, would, he wouldn't be good television on no. a national Small scale. Too. Yeah, it'd be fun, like, on a local level. So I was kicking around this idea with a friend of mine like five or six years ago. I'm just going to lay it out here on the Mackie and Judd podcast since we're all friends here, okay? Mm-hmm. If anyone, if everyone could just sign a non-disclosure agreement to not steal this idea from me, just I would like, like to be the one that implements like this. your uh, onside kick rule that you and Long did? That Absolutely. Should be rece- receiving royalties from the NFL. You should have put a copyright on it, baby. So we came up with this idea like five or six years ago. Wouldn't it be fun if you took mm-hmm. top PGA Tour players and then took like the top... Go to like municipal courses. So like I golf at Como in St. Paul a few times a year. Super fun. Like just take like little municipal courses like that and take the like the best players that are amateur players at those municipal courses. Just like, you know, whoever the the town ringer is, right? Someone someone who can shoot in the 70s, but the town ringer who knows all the angles of the course and everything. And the catch would be you would fly in a tour player. Blind, like they would know nothing about the course. Oh, you've told me this idea. Before, they yeah. would, they would not be able to like play a practice round. They would not be able to use technology or like a yardage book. They would just show up, and they would have to play. Like you get a couple warm up swings, and you would play <laughs> against someone who is hopefully has a personality. And maybe there's a maybe there's like a handicap. Maybe you give them like eight strokes or something, or a stroke a hole. I don't know what it looks like. And you mic them up and you televise it. And I would, I would love to see that play out. Just like, all right, it's it's like pros versus Joe's like theme. I mean, in Minnesota, you would just pick like Como, Highland. I mean, you could just pick like random. I mean, you could probably step Keller. it up, play like a Rush Creek or something. Yeah, Ke- Keller hosted a major in like the 40s. Hilarious. Yeah. Hosted like a PGA championship. So like it would yeah. be super fun to put that together. I would. I just think there's there's so much more you could do. This Tiger and Phil thing started off as those guys playing on Thanksgiving, like Black Friday or the Saturday after or whatever, a couple years ago. There are so many other athlete combinations you could bring in. Like, there's probably baseball players who, like, there's a lot of baseball players who get done with their morning workout in Florida and Arizona, and then they just play golf for two straight months from like one o'clock going forward. Hockey players are great at golf. Hockey players. So you could just bring in, like, if Sidney Crosby can golf at all, boom, he's in that match next year. Cal Clutterbuck is a plus one, Judd. I wouldn't want to see Cal Clutterbuck anymore. I don't know, though. I I didn't like him as a hockey player, but he's probably a good trash talker. I gotta imagine he's a pretty good chirper. That's the key. If yeah. you can chirp and you can play, hit a green in a fairway. <laughs> yeah, you're green definitely regulation. on the list. The other thing too that 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 showed and that wouldn't work probably all the time, but certainly at certain times is great, is not caring what the analyst's background is in. Charles Barkley, man, correct. You so literally put him on much anything. Fun. These idiots who complain about Barkley being on the March Madness coverage. Well, he doesn't know anything about college basketball. Oh, so we're going to get more Doug Gottlieb because Gottlieb knows like the the ten seeds backup point guard. No, Charles Barkley is hilarious. He's entertaining. Point? Entertainment. At one point, he's taunting Tom. Like 
He's literally taunting Tom Brady and saying, Tom, like, when can I get a piece of you? And Tom Brady steps up 10 seconds later, holes out from 150 yards. Like, and that exchange makes the whole thing, it, the whole thing worth watching. And one more thing on this, just from like a, a guy who loves golf, who sucks at golf and would just like die to be a part of a foursome like that, to be a fly on the wall. And by the way, like anyone who is a 25 or a 30 handicap like me could have hung with Tom Brady on the front nine on that course. And it would have been great. But Tom Brady holding out on number seven after the six and a half most atrocious holes you could ever play Mm -hmm. is the reason why a lot of us keep pumping money into golf. Like, it doesn't matter how bad your first first six holes were. If you sink a putt from 25 feet (laughs) or you hole out from the fairway or you chip in from off the green or you hole a sand shot or something, it's like that is the cocaine that keeps you coming back to the sport. Tom Brady is have, all of us on the seventh hole. If you were going to have a, a, a football player and a quarterback who potentially was not going to be that good at golf, but would be hilarious, Favre actually. Oh yes, Favre. If you had done, 100%. if you had done does those he guys, golf? do we know? I think he does golf. Okay, and if Maybe. you had done those guys and Favre and Favre's by play with Barkley. Oh my god! Because the whole by play with Charles. Made that thing. Yes. Like, it It was just so great because Charles, Charles is great because he does not give a damn, but it's what makes him so good. Okay, does an event like that, let's say you keep swapping you out. Favre, though? Does that play when, when all sports are back and when you have, like, when you have NFL and Major League Baseball yeah. and stuff, does this run its course outside of the COVID-19 window? Like, part of it was... Like this was the highest rated golf match in the history of cable TV. And now in fairness, cable TV doesn't get Sunday at majors. That's always right. on network TV. Right. So But still, it's still But incredible. does does this hold up if also you have NFL games and things, or is it just we're so desperate for anything starved. interesting? I think we're starved, but I think ideas from this do translate. Just like the XFL, baby. That's the point. Yeah. Ideas. Take the ideas. Barkley on golf might get me to watch way more golf. Hundred percent. Yeah, like if it's just like some random non-major tournament. Yeah, we're not and talking the you Masters, know that, although how great would he be on the Masters? Oh, my God. They would bleeping hate his guts. It'd be fantastic. What they should do for, for, for all of the non-major, like there's probably, there's four majors. There's the players, which is kind of the fifth major unofficially. And then there's all these like World Golf Championship events and there's the playoff. For like the other 15 golf events that are just non-premium golf events. And you still get like Phil Mickelson plays in some of these. Tiger doesn't really play any of these anymore. Sure. But if you took all those non-premium golf events and said, all right, all of you are mic'd up and Charles Barkley is on commentary and all of you have earpieces. Yeah, I'm with you. Who's in? Or at least like, you know, 10 players are mic'd up or something. And Barkley works because he's a goofball. But athletes respect him. Yes. That's the key. Like, you can't bring in some guy that sucked and be like, oh, but he's really funny. Players will say, we don't care. We don't respect that guy. But think about Barkley and the respect he still gets. And guys will call him a fat ass and stuff like that. And it's great. Justin Thomas Justin just Thomas, like, Thomas, right get your in. fat ass out. But it was <laughs> like, this year, fat ass dunk of basketball. But like, how about what? Justin Thomas? I was like, who Who said that? And they were like, Justin Thomas. I was like, this is great. I didn't realize Justin Thomas and Charles Barkley were on good enough terms or like knew each other well enough hilarious. for him to call him a fat ass on national television. It was great. So, so good. Don, Chuck, you save yourself $50,000. Uh, you know, Tom, that was, uh, I should have just said, if you can just keep it on the planet. <laughs> All right. Random season recall is coming up. We fared pretty well last week. We'll see if Declan I'm can, can stump us here. 
Let's talk about Luther Brookdale, Toyota 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. They're open for business. They're here to help you get into a brand new Camry, RAV4, Tacoma, and they're here to help you do it safely. They've taken every necessary precaution to keep the team members on their side and you, the customer, both safe. So some of these 2020s, the Camrys, RAV4s, Tacomas, uh, not only are we talking about great safety features, great technology, uh, the the Apple CarPlay system that connects all of the audio apps on your phone right to your dashboard, like the Score North app or any uh, podcast app you listen to us on. Thank you. And also, they're offering 90 days deferred payment on both new and used vehicles and 0% financing on 20 Camrys, RAV4s, and Tacomas. If you need service on your vehicle, Luther Brookdale Toyota has set up a no-contact system, including electronic checkout. And if you don't need anything right now, that's okay. My friends in that service area and that showroom are here to help you whenever it is you need something from them. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Declan? Yeah, you know, boys, I was on a walk. I went on a lot of walks this weekend. It's my thing. I like to walk around Target Field Plaza for depression and for nostalgia. Yeah, are you just like both. walking over there in tears or what's happening? You're a little bit of both. Yeah, I'm stalking baseball. Judd is right. I'm stalking baseball. There is some nice chalk art out there, but I don't get mean to get TMI, but I got a couple blisties on, on, on my feet from so much walking this weekend. You know, wow. And I could have prevented that by just getting a nice motorcycle and cruising around River Parkway and cruising around Fifth Avenue in downtown Minneapolis. That's what I should have done. I'm with trying Dennis to envision Kirk. Declan like doing a wheelie on 7th yeah. Street, downtown yeah. Minneapolis. Just on the Target Field, by Target Gate 34 Field, yeah. Plaza. <laughs> 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 Security having to chase him around. <laughs> DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. And through Thursday, May 28th, Dennis Kirk is offering 0% interest for up to 12 months, over 160,000 products in stock, and ready to ship today, DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Woo! All right, gentlemen. It is time for our weekly segment called Random Season Recall where Declan Goff throws out random Minnesota sports seasons and quizzes us to see how much we can remember here. Last week, what did we do? The 2007 Twins. The 07 Twins. That's right. The, uh, the 82 and 78 or 78 and 82? 78 and 82. Yeah, it, wasn't good. it was not a I good year in the midst of week. many good years. All right. We are transitioning hmm. out of the professional ranks into the college ranks. We're going 2005 Gopher football team, gentlemen. Wow, dude. Phil wow. Mackey was still a student, I believe. Wow. I, at the uh, U? I had to. I, well, yes, I was. <laughs> I was distraught after one of those games in 2005 and even had to oh, attempt to break up a fight with one of my roommates and a an opposing fan. Which oh, is so. just going way too far well, that's on your roommate's part. No so, need for that. Plus, well, it wasn't. It was a great mace choke. Well, we'll get there. I, so, Declan, go ahead. Throw your questions right. out. We'll uh, we'll start this first one. What was their final record in two thousand five? So they. Uh, <sighs> no, they, they, no, they Okay. What was their final record? Two thousand five. Those teams were okay. I think on. the only hint I would need, and maybe this isn't even fair, is did they play an eleven game regular season or was it twelve at that point? I think it was twelve. They played. Pretty sure it was a twelve game schedule. 
They and played then a bowl game in a in a, a twelve game regular season, yeah. And then and then there was a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So, oh five. Let's talk this through here, Judd. All right. So they they went ten and three in two thousand three, including uh-huh. their bowl game Sun Bowl victory over Oregon. Oh five. They had to run the table in non conference, right? <sighs> I was covering the Vikings, so I probably I didn't pay as much it was attention. A, it was an eleven game regular season. My apologies. Okay. It was an eleven bowl, game regular the bowl season. Bowl game was twelfth. All right. So it was eleven All game right. regular season the, with, with the bowl. I believe the answer is eight and four. With the okay. All right. I agree with that. God dang it. Incorrect. Are you trying to find the if buzzer? You haven't, I had the wrong page up, and I have a camera in front of me, which doesn't help me. If you haven't <laughs> blocked out as many gopher football seasons there from that year as possible, you're doing something wrong. So I'd almost be disappointed to get it right. So if it's not 8-4, and four, then it has to be 7-6. and six. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well. Seven, I'm sorry, no. seven, seven, seven and five. Seven and five. <laughs> seven and five. Seven, okay. I went so to Buffalo were, High School, everybody. Buffalo High School. They Education were there. A 12-game season. <laughs> well, they actually, played 13 games. Hilariously. We're all wrong here. It was seven and four before the bowl game. Okay. After the bowl game, seven and five. Okay. So We'll I, get to the bowl game later, so but yes. I, and that, that, is the la- that, that is the last year, right? Yeah. The last year of what? Of Mason. No. 05 was not the last year of Mason. I believe oh, 06, that's right. I believe 06 was. 07. 06. Oh, that's or was 07. No, I think it was 06, and then it was in Jan, and then the bowl game Mace. was at the end. Mm. Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep going. That was not an auspicious start. Sorry. Sorry about that. What was the highest rank, if the Gophers had one, that they were in 2005? What was the highest ranked? All were right. they ever ranked? They uh, were definitely ranked. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's say they got off to probably in typical fashion. What was their record going into the ill-fated Badger game at the Metrodome? So that game was it wasn't quite as devastating as the, the two years before they were yeah. they were undefeated going into that Michigan. Well, that game. was the Rose Bowl um, yeah, aspirations that. of that year. Yep. They're going to Rose. The Bowl. Wisconsin yep. game, the Wisconsin game, they had lost a couple games by that point, but they were ranked, I believe. And I want to say, I want to say they were like four and two or five and two overall going into the Wisconsin game, which was probably their highest rank, twenty something. I was going to say like 18th or night, like maybe high teens. 19. Unless you have a strong feeling. No, I don't. No, I'm totally guessing. I so. think it was 18. I think they were ranked like 18th going into the Wisconsin game. Oh, oh you got it? Yeah. So, wow. wow. They correct their highest ranking was 18th. It wasn't going into the Wisconsin game. Oh, that's okay. Okay. The week before they knocked off, this will transition to the next question. The week before, where's the magical harp? There it is. So after their non-conference schedule, they went 3-0. and They ran the table in their non-conference schedule. They kicked Tulsa, Colorado State, and Florida Atlantics. But, I mean, they averaged 47 points in those three That's games. That's right. They just absolutely steamrolled them. Well, those are tough teams. Their first FAU. conference game <laughs> was over a very good ranked Purdue team. Well, well if they I were recall, highly ranked. they beat that Purdue team. I think they edged that Purdue team in, like, overtime or something. And Purdue was ranked, like, Purdue was ranked like 11th or something going into the game. Something like that. That's but, correct. But so that's the first were they, were they, game. Were they ranked 11th? Yeah, they were. Oh. Now you're doing random season recall for the Boilermakers. I'm like Michael Jordan right now in the in the Portland Finals game. And Just yes, shrugging here, okay? It did it did go into overtime. So wow. So that game Just, goes into overtime. Yeah. And if I remember right, Purdue. Click on Purdue because Purdue was highly touted to start the season. Mm-hmm. But then, and I think Kyle Orton might have been their quarterback. So they were highly touted, and then they completely tanked the rest of the year and either barely made a bowl game or didn't make a bowl game at the end of the season. So that win 
at the beginning of the year, that win turned out like, oh, um, wow, the Gophers just right. beat a fringe top 10 team. Actually, that was going into that game that Purdue, that was their highest ranking. Preseason, they were 15. Then each week, they just incrementally went up 13, 12, 11. Gophers knocked them off. They fell to 22 and then were never ranked yeah. two, from two weeks. That out. was a fraudulent Purdue team for yeah. sure. It felt, there, felt there have been the a time. few of those through the years. Yeah. Purdue's had some fraudulent teams. All right. What's our next? What's our next question? All right. The Gophers actually had a very good offense that year. Do you know how many points yeah. they averaged and where they finished in the country? Or how many points they averaged and scored? Let's in let's the quick, quick side street off that sure, offense. Sure, sure, sure. The the Wisconsin game, which I don't know if we're getting back to that or not, but the Wisconsin we'll the Wisconsin game was uh, they ran for over four hundred yards in that game, just like they ran for over four hundred yards in the Michigan game from two years ago and lost both of those games. <laughs> well, and in in epic heartbreaking fashion in both of them. Mm-hmm. So that team, what did they average points wise? Probably 30, 30, 30 points 30, a game. 30 something. And they probably finished in the country, you said? Not, okay. Uh, in the country, what, uh, means? I mean, those Glenn Mason teams, like, they were probably a top 15 points offense. Say, probably, probably 30 points, and they finished like 14th in the country, something like that. We'll go with that. Okay. So very close. I hate to use the buzzer there, but they averaged 35 points per game. Wow. And they were 11th in the country. That's in unbelievable. Offense. So we pretty much defense was like 30 points a game, top 15 offense. Yeah, it was like Texas Tech. You know, they were diet Texas Tech. They just scored a that, lot of points. Dude, that was the most frustrating thing because those go for offenses from 2001 through like 2005 into 06. Yep. You had NFL running backs up and down the roster. You had NFL offensive linemen and tight ends mixed in. And you had some of the most statistically the best rushing offenses in like unstoppable rushing offenses. And you couldn't win a freaking offensively. Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Mike, because Mace had had stout offensive lines and his running backs, man, he had some good running backs. But they couldn't stop anybody. They would just be completely on their heels defensively. And that's where Zim would, would have been key because he actually could have put together defenses to stop teams. Right. Okay. As you mentioned, uh, a very strong running football team. Lawrence Maroney and Gary Russell were Gary your two Russell running backs. Oh, Gary Russell. Do you know how many touchdowns they combined for that season? Oh, I don't. I know that Gary Russell had in at some point in that season because it's funny that season the Gophers had the epic loss to to Wisconsin, and they had a couple other crushing losses. But they wind up going into the big house and beating Michigan in 2005, in part because on like third and nine from their own 25 or something, losing in that game, the Gophers waved the white flag and handed off. They were, I think they were losing, and they were basically saying like, well, we'll just do a handoff on third and nine and punt it and hope to get the ball back. And Gary Russell broke one down the sideline for like 60 yards to set him up to, to move into the end zone. Look at that. It might have been a touchdown. Give too. yourself the dinger for that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's nice. That's as good. far as as far as how many touchdowns those guys combined for, probably like almost all of the touchdowns, right? <laughs> I was going to say, what was Brian Cupido throwing? Like Brian Cupido was the quarterback. Yeah, Brian Cupido wasn't throwing like thirty touchdown passes. Like, I mean, no. he had a decent season. Like well, ten, let's do it this way. All right, piece? so they played. All right, we can we can get Average. this. So they played twelve games, and they yes. averaged thirty five points. So they averaged uh, what's my math there? Five touchdowns per game. Right, twelve. So thirty-five right. point yep. average, five touchdowns per game. Um, so that would be uh, sixty touchdowns. We're looking for. They probably didn't. They probably didn't have a defensive. They have like maybe one defensive touchdown. So some what, non. So twenty something. Cupido probably threw like fifteen or twenty touchdown passes, leaving us with let's say forty rushing touchdowns. 
to go around. I'm going to say that those two guys combined for like at least 30 touchdowns. Very close. What was it? 28. Oh, 28. Oh, 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 I, told 20 <laughs> I told you it was 20-something. I told you it was 20-something. Over 2,600 combined I, yards. I, I give you 30, and, and Judd says 20-something, and it's 28. That's a, yeah. Come on, man. All right. You've just given us like three dings on things. We probably don't deserve them on. So after they beat Purdue, who was 11th, the Gophers went up to 18th, and then they went on the road, and they lost. They got their butts kicked before the Wisconsin game. Do you know who they lost to? It was an unranked Big Ten team. They got absolutely destroyed in this game. So after the big win over Purdue in overtime. This is not the final answer, Declan. Uh, Are they from Michigan State? They've never... It feels like East Lansing has been where yeah. I found a few of their This epic, was a road game. Epic losses. They went on the road, and they got destroyed. Why do I have... Okay, who do, who wouldn't destroy them on the road at that it, time? It wasn't Penn State. It wasn't... Northwestern. I mean, could have been not Iowa. Be, could have been Iowa. Iowa, Michigan State. Do, do you recall the home games that you went to? Obviously, Wisconsin. Oh my God! We I talked was, about Purdue. I was in no shape to remember those games. We <laughs> talked about Purdue. Do you? Do I, all I need you to do is remember opponents. Uh, Purdue. I, I do remember all of those non-conference games. I remember Purdue. <laughs> I remember Wisconsin. I think I went to that that, that Florida Atlantic game. By the way. I think they played Indiana that year. But they wouldn't have gotten their asses kicked by Indiana. Actually, you know what? Oh my God! You think you got it? I was in, all right, I think your Michigan State instinct is right. I was in Madison for Halloween in 2005 for the first time, and I remember them getting their asses kicked around Halloween, I think. Let's go Michigan no, State. No, no, that's right. That, wait, wait, wait. That's right because the Gophers lost to Wisconsin at the Metrodome, and I was in Chicago for the first game out of the bye after the love boat, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's right before Halloween, right? That yeah, was like October twenty yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that's right. So Michigan State. Oh. You want to get another guess at it or no? How many of those things that we just said were even close to correct? <sighs> you were very wrong. The one you were <laughs> the one you were Shoot. sure off that wasn't was the was the wrong one. It was Penn State. They got they went to oh. Penn State oh, okay. and they got absolutely destroyed. Penn State was actually five and zero, but unranked okay. going into that game. Okay, and then. Penn State finished the season 11-1, and including winning the Orange Bowl, and finished third in the country in the final okay. AP poll. All righty then. So they, a random pop-up season. Penn State was that not was, great yeah. throughout that entire period, I feel like. but That okay. was like October 28th, so that was a Saturday. Okay. So it was we got the an unofficial. So, like, so they got their, yeah. they got their asses they got their on Halloween weekend. Kicked. You yeah. were drinking a WAP in Madison. Doug yeah. was coming out of a bye So we got the Chicago. opponent wrong, but our timing of events is perfect. Right. All right. The infamous Wisconsin game. So, do you remember what the Gophers were ranked and what Wisconsin was ranked going into that game? They were very close. Both in the 20s. It was like 22 and 23 or something. 24. 22 and 23. Yeah. Wow, dude. Look at you. Sometimes he gives you the ding. Sometimes he doesn't when you're slightly off. All right. The Gophers led by as much as how many points going in at one point in this game. So, they they had a significant lead late. I know they had a 10-point lead with two minutes left. And that's when Justin Kusich just completely freaked out the punter. <laughs> like at no Good point, laugh. at no point did anyone tell him, "Hey, if something happens here, just a safety is better than a, an opposing <laughs> touchdown." Right? All right. right. Instead, he runs back to pick up this wayward snap, picks it up, turns around to try and punt it again. Which, by the way, don't you practice that? 
Especially if you're the Gophers. Yeah, but you don't be you practice, constantly practice like if things, things like go that. wrong with the punter? You would think so. All right. Well, so we know they had a double so digit lead. Um, I would say they probably you were there. At one I'll point, defer to you on this. They either had a fourteen or I don't. Did they have a three score lead in that game? Let's go seventeen. Were they up by seventeen? Was it 10? Yeah. 10. Oh, you had it. I had it first. I had it first. (laughs) Give yourself the best. Who was the starting quarterback for the Gophers that game? Uh, Tony Mortensen. Oh, yeah. Come on. Cupido was out. (laughs) What was John Cupido? I don't know, but he was out. Tony Mortensen. Do you know how many rushing yards? Probably probably one of your classes. Lawrence Maroney had in this game. Well, the team had over 400. (laughs) So 250, 257. 258. 258. I'll give it to you. 258, dude. 258. Bang, bang. Wow. Wow. All right. Of all the impressive things you guys have seen in your sports labs, I mean, come on. Two, well, no, it was 258. 250. You said 257. All right. Do you remember <laughs> the kicker for the Gophers um, who, who muffed up the, the last punt? Well, just, no. Justin Kusich was the punter. Yeah, Justin Kusich was the punter. <laughs> Trick question. And then you remember the final score? <sighs> See, this is the problem. Final scores are often the toughest thing because ultimately oh. you just remember if they I remember lost. going. I remember this vividly. I was driving with my dad to the compost. We were doing insane yard work that day, and my dad, I think, wanted nothing to do with this inevitable heartbreak of a gopher football game. And I remember listening to the punt being blocked on the radio and us being not. like. I don't think we even reacted. We were like, well, well, there's that. So I think it was probably, I'm trying to think, like, they, they definitely good. scored 30 points in that game. So they were either up like 31 to 20 or 30 to 20. Wisconsin definitely scored. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin scored two touchdowns. So Wisconsin wound up winning the game by four points. So Wisconsin So Wisconsin either won the game. They either won the game 34 to 30 or 38 to 34 or 35 31. Is it one of those three? Yes, it's one of those three. Which one is it? <laughs> All right, 34, 30, 35. I'm kind of, now I'm just kind of blind guessing. Or 38 yeah, take to your 34. Um, I'm going to say, God, the Gophers were punching in touchdowns, man. <laughs> but they, yeah, and they were getting punched. I'm going to say 38, 34. Yeah! Nice. Nailed it. Think about that. The Gophers rushed for 400 yards, scored, they scored... Uh, six times in that game and ran clock. And mm-hmm. then when it came down to it, hey, we just need one more first down, three and out. Wisconsin gets the ball back. Do you know what, what significant e- event in college football took place on that very same day? The Bush Push game. That is Notre correct. Dame versus USC. Which our yeah. guy Doogie was at. That's right. Had some sweet ducats that he scored through Sid Hartman. Amazing. 14 points for Wisconsin in the final two minutes. And seven seconds of that game. Embarrassing. That's a story of uh, Gopher football. So the Gophers the had the freaking ball up by 10 yeah. points at home with two minutes to go. Yes. And they lose but that But the game. Michigan Correct. loss is worse. Yes. It, I would say that the, the Michigan loss was worse in terms of like your season. Like you had a chance to yeah. go to the Rose Bowl. In terms of just a pure impossible meltdown. It's really hard to blow a 10-point lead at home with the ball with a 400-yard rushing game. Like, it's really, okay. really hard, and they did. Okay, Michigan what, at least had the whole quarter and NFL players to... improbable? The 2003 Michigan loss, that loss, the the meltdown in the bowl game that sealed Mason's The fate, Texas Tech bowl game. The Texas Tech yeah. bowl game. Or, from a or math wait, perspective. I'll, I'll give you a fourth one. 
being literally on the doorstep of beating Michigan in Clay's first game as head coach, <laughs> and you screw it up so far beyond belief that you don't score what is a gimme touchdown. It's probably still the Texas Tech one just because of math. In fact, <laughs> let's get Royce on here, Declan. We can, okay. t- we can bring this up with him. But just, just from a math standpoint, the Gophers were up 35-7 to at halftime. And then they were also up, let's see here. So 35 to 7 at halftime. And I believe it was 38 to 7 at one point, like midway through the third quarter. Yeah. Yep. Chip Scoggins game story is basically in the bag. It's done. Yeah, here it is. It's a West Coast game, essentially. He's filed. Dude, this is it's even worse. Oh, it's a nightmare meltdown. It it was 38 to 7 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it's improbable. What? It's improbable. How is like mathematically? Got, how is that possible? <laughs> well, that's why Glenn was fired the you. next day. That is amazing. Or two days, or what, whatever he was fired after that. Here. All right, he's it's, freshly out of the shower. Oh, that's good. How are you clothed at all right now, Pat? Yeah, I just got out of the shower. I got a nice pair of shorts on, but I wouldn't go out. As I told Del Declan, I wouldn't go out in public as I am right now. Because, uh, why not? I'm in shorts. These. these these man boobs might scare a few people away. So okay. It's pandemic times. Don't worry about those anymore. <laughs> Things have changed. So, after this weekend, who cares? God, what a boring Memorial Day weekend this was, wasn't it? Brutal. Well, you didn't you didn't watch the match with Phil and Tiger and Brady and Manning? God almighty, I watched Brady for two holes. I thought I was watching me. Yeah, it was he bad. Hit it, some, he hit it in some bad places. I thought he could. Been spending too much time with Giselle. Get out on the course, man. She'd be bored with you by now, shouldn't she? Come I think on. we've stumbled into a formula here, though. Just put Charles Barkley on color commentary oh, for yeah. everything. I didn't see much of it, but he was on Brady hard. Oh yeah, yeah. And when Charles great. is riding you about your golf game, you're in trouble. That's <laughs> the worst swing in history. Seven pieces on that swing, man. Charles is great because Charles don't care, Patrick. That's what makes no, Charles so he great. He doesn't give a damn. No, he doesn't. He's, uh, you know, when I used to, you know, get those fights with fans and skyways and corridors and stuff, he, he just, he never apologized. He just hit him, you know. It was a guy in Milwaukee, I think. He yes. Gave him some crap. He like, threw him he through the plate glass crap. window at a bar, right? <laughs> him and i was in milwaukee once watching him in the old arena and uh they were on him and he gave him the old one-handed <laughs> shot you know he just reached down and grabbed it all and they gave him that just <laughs> suspension for two days for taunting the fans or something back then they didn't care just do what you wanted to do you know it was yeah he is the greatest i've told you i mean i just love him I just love him. I'll never forget the Houston All-Star game when uh, uh, he got married on Thursday night, right? Some I don't know if it was the first one, second one, which one he was. And then he's in Houston. I think they got married. They flew in from Vegas or something. And then Friday they had the first of the media sessions because the NBA did fantastic media stuff. And Charles is there Friday talking about getting married and stuff. And on Sunday after the game, Phil Jansen, who was a long, long, long time uh, uh, NBA writer. Uh, I'm not even sure. I might be butchered the back. But anyway, he and Charles are buddies from Philly. And Philly says, 
Charles says, hey, Phil, did you see my wife out there? And he said, yeah, she's out there waiting for it. He says, damn it, she was supposed to go home. I wanted to go to the a woman's established dancing establishment. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't describe it. He described it in the most crude of terms. <laughs> he, wanted to go to, he wanted to go to the strip club that night. You know, he was very upset. His wife was still in town. So, what a beauty! What a beauty! Pat, who else would you want to see if 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 we do this Phil Tiger the match oh. thing and you could swap out two other non golfers to be to be wow. part of it? I mean, Michael Jordan would be pretty, pretty interesting. McConaughey, he can play. I wow. love McConaughey, wouldn't you like to see McConaughey? Yeah, I'd be good. He, yeah, I think he was a college golfer, wasn't he? Like, I, th- I think he was a college golfer. I would uh, like to see him, and uh, I don't know who uh, who's a really good player that uh, that uh, uh, always shows up at that. Uh, thing out in Reno. Can, can Bill Murray can Bill Murray post a score? Yeah, you know, I wonder if he still can. He could play a little bit, but uh, it would turn into a you know a complete circus. But he and uh, you know, he played for years with Lumpy as his partner. Then he dumped Lumpy and played with D.A. Point. And he and Lumpy never made the cut. Probably too much drinking. But, uh, <laughs> but then he played the next one year with D.A. Points and they won it championship at Pebble Beach. They, uh, and they, I mean, that's something. There's, uh, I don't know, there's like 70 teams every year of that thing. So, I mean, there's guys that go years and years and years and never make the cut, which is, uh, I think, the, the low 24 going into Sunday. And uh, and uh, he and Murray won it with DA points. So he must be able to play a little bit, and he loves the game. I found an article that says Celine Dion has her own pri- her own private course at her house in Canada. Yeah, but is she going to be fun really? to watch play? That's the thing. Yeah. I, don't know. I need people who are going to be entertaining. She might be too dignified. You know what? <laughs> what 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 would have been fun in the match Sunday is if Brady had said about three holes in bleep it and broken out a beer <laughs> and said, and, you know and what? Chugs it like and we just, know he yeah, can. Just chug the beer and be she like, you know what? Fingers. Yeah. How about Dale Jr.? He might be okay, huh? Never seen Dale Jr. Uh, Golf? swing a stick before. You know, he's developed personality. He used to be pretty, uh, pretty straight arrow when he first started off. Uh, and but he, uh, you know, he was a wild, raucous youth, and uh, didn't like to talk about his personal life. And but he got a lot more personality later on in life. He might be okay. See, that's the thing about these these four or five hour golf events like this, where you're mic'd up. Judd and I were talking about this earlier. It exposes if you don't have a good personality. And Tom Brady, like Tom Brady trash talked a little bit, but he was mostly not really funny, not really charismatic. And it's not, it's not a podium, Tom. You don't just get to sit there for I 10 minutes. Peyton any fun? I, could, yes. I never found Peyton funny, but I'm sure he tried. Peyton is not. Pat. He's not funny. Oh, what is He's wrong with not you guys? Funny. Peyton, Peyton is funny. Peyton is just fine. He's tongue in cheek. Tiger Ugh. was fine, too. Brady was a boring. How about Peyton and Eli? How about Peyton and Eli? Maybe Eli, Eli joined Twitter. It, it's crazy. Maybe Eli has some personality uh, hidden behind uh, what we've seen. Eli Patrick joined Twitter on Saturday, I think, and yeah. and wouldn't stop tweeting, basically. Really? He, he, he went nuts. Is, does he got a job, by the way, or is he out of work? No, no he's, he's, he's retired. I think he's out oh, of work did, with millions. He did retire, huh? Yeah. yeah. And, and he has a – so the reason why he joined Twitter is because Frank's Red Hot, the hot sauce, essentially paid him to set up a social media account. 
And so okay. all throughout tw- all throughout his own tweets, there were all these like "Let's spice things up" tweets from, <laughs> yes. from Eli. And he kept doing Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. So he was he was telling some guy what to do, and then the other guy was putting the plugs in there. Probably, yeah, yeah. I don't Probably. Know. All right. I hate to see Twitter commercialize or or you. I hate to see Twitter used for uh, just. Uh, Promotion and agitation and stuff like that. I don't like. Doesn't it just bother you deeply? Yes, it does. Moral yes, dilemma. Does. Yeah, you know what I've discovered though. My tweeting has gone down to virtually nothing because what? What can we do? Make fun of what? What? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, there's not much to, not much to get rolling on here. And some days you just go like 12, 14 hours and don't have any observations. This this is truly, I, I think, over a period of time, guys, the most depressing period of my life because there's nothing to bleeping do anymore. Like you walk the dog, but there's nothing to really watch. I mean, I'm watching golf on Sunday. Me, I'm watching golf between welcome, four guys. Welcome in, Judd. It's the best decision you'll but ever my, make. My God, what? <laughs> come on. I need something to do. I think we get a tournament, what, two weeks? Yeah, 17th of June, right? I think it's the 17th of June. And I'll, you know what? I'll be watching that. <laughs> I hope we have, I hope they're letting 5,000 people on the golf courses by the time the 3M Open comes, uh, the 3M Open comes up uh, here. Right? It, it, you know, obviously we're going to end up getting the tournament unless Walls goes nuts and does something to prevent it. But, uh, but it would be nice if we could have 5,000 people out there watching too, don't you think? Can you guys yeah. go cover it? I would guess so. You know, how else will I want to say what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to Brainerd tomorrow to do a story. The hell with it. It's supposed to be a nice day. Put the top down, drive to Brainerd. Let the, let going the to Madden's or what? And, well, no, I'm going to BIR. I'm going to go talk oh, okay. to uh, the woman who owns BIR. Look at you. They are, they are dying, you know, because they can't operate here. And, of course, their whole thing is having weekends where people are there in their automobiles. Can you explain, Patrick, to me? How, so Canterbury is going to start with a shortened schedule in June, right? Can you ex- yes. can you explain to me how if you live in the state you can I believe legally wager on horse races outside the state? Yes, but they but couldn't pass the rule not. that I can wager on oh. Canterbury, despite the fact I'm banned from going to Canterbury because it looks like they're probably going to race with no fans for quite some time. Yeah, it is a dumb thing that you cannot you cannot bet there because I guess there was enough people in the legislature that felt it would be opening a can of worms. What can of worms? You know, I don't, oh, God, we're stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that one, too, and I said, wait a minute now. I can go online and bet on Santa Anita, but I can't bet on Canterbury. In right. Minnesota. Yep. That, it, it is. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. Stupid. I don't know how they can possibly, I know they cut the purses and everything, but how could they possibly not lose their shirts just by, you know, the number of people it requires to get the horses into the damn uh, starting gate and running around and vets and track workers and everybody else, uh, you know, I mean, most of those people are independent contractors, but they got to have to pay some staff and you can't cover that with how much people are betting in Las Vegas, which by the way, the sports books aren't open there yet. I don't think they, I think they're going to open up supposedly the first week of June. They're going to start slowly opening the casinos out there. Although not all of them. From uh, DraftKings.com throughout the entire Tiger, Phil, Tom and Peyton 
match was putting up live odds on who wins the hole, who wins the long drives, who wins the match. So if we can if we can sit at home and bet on like will Peyton Manning outdrive <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady? Right. But you can't bet on Canterbury which, races. Yeah, this is ridiculous. USOB. I don't, I don't know. There's how about a little leadership over there for God's sake? Here? You know, Walls wouldn't stand up on that one and say, Pass this, you dummies. Yeah. I, I don't know uh, what what the hell's going on. It's, but I I would say this first three day weekend, which is basically the kickoff of summer, right? This is it. This yep. is the start of Minnesota summer was the most boring of them all because A, it lasted three days and I did nothing but eat and watch TV and take a couple of drives. That's all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that funny. Some, some, sometimes you stop drinking. That's a nice weekend sometimes, but not my Monday 15 was, in a row. My Monday was very rough. At, well, fifth, at 50, would, guess what? Be, it's not a good idea to drink be, too much. There would be something to be said for being a stumble down alcoholic. Yeah, you should have seen me Sunday. You could just basically drink yourself a nice little quart of Tangeray and then pass out of it. (laughs) At one o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) You got a better idea? Anybody got a better idea? Tell me. (laughs) In fact, I was was watching an old Bourdain last night and he was going through New York and one and he stopped at this bar and they had this old like 70-year-old bartender who've been making these cocktails, but the, the pure cocktail, you know, Manhattans and stuff for years, and he was making it, and I was sitting there, damn, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> that really looks good. I, uh, you know, I, was, I almost was ready to chuck it all. <laughs> well, Pat, enjoy your... Uh... I was going to say, enjoy your topless trip to Brainerd. Yeah, don't, don't, don't put it that I way. I won't say that, though. Just enjoy your trip to Brainerd. All right. We'll see you. All right. See, see you, you Royce. Right, let's wrap it with Royce here. Enjoy the trip with your top down, you could say. You could say that, too. Topless trip, just not necessarily. That, just, what yeah. if it's just like, enjoy the trip with your man boobs flapping around in the wind? Can we just say that? I love the fact he's going up to Brainerd. He is right, though. Like, what do you do anymore? I was so okay. bored yesterday. I, I got to be honest. so bored. I slept. And watch so TV. I have, I have discovered, and this is probably for maybe tomorrow's episode. We went on a five mile walk and even did some some little like running and sprinting just to get a little workout in sure. around yeah. Twin Cities area. Good. I have discovered yoga in the last couple of weeks, thanks to our friend Rami Makloff, and uh, looking for other things to do outside. Had a little 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 a driveway hang with some friends last night. There's things to do here that don't. Re- you don't have to sit at home every single day during this period anymore. No driveway gatherings for me. Well, that's your choice. Yes. You're choosing oh, right. to be bored. I, I want my I want my life back. <laughs> but, but, but I understand what, what is so different about your life other than restaurants. There's no no sports going on. Okay, that's fair. But I'm but I'm also not. Uh, well, let's just go play and who, who cares who dies, guy. I'm very <laughs> conflicted here because like I'm mad about it, but I understand the circumstances, right? That's the key here. Well, but this is the beauty. Now that things are opening up and next week restaurants get to open up again, people get to well, choose if they want to. Let me, let me float this by both of you guys, because here's what I don't get about the direction we're going right now, right? Clearly things are not normal, but we're opening things up and mm-hmm. that's great. But here's what I don't get. Okay. Like, let's get the economy back on track as best as we possibly can. That's not going to happen overnight. And I understand all that, but we open the beaches and then you see, you know, shots of the beaches now. 
And people are like, it's back to normal. And they're all get, and you're like, okay, this is how we're going to end up back. Why can't we employ common sense? Well, but- because I, I want uh, retail. I want sports. But I want, but if we all just go back to all oh, bleep it, it's going to be fine. But if you stay home, then you don't have to worry about, you know, this is the beauty of what you're doing. You can stay home. If those people wind up getting getting themselves infected, I, that's called natural selection. I agree with that, except there's one problem. That's going to impact sports and businesses. Sure. Because if they get a ton of, of people sick, like you're seeing stories about one person who's got the symptoms, who tries to play through it, which is stupid, but they try to. And then they say, okay, that possibly infected, possibly 75 people. So if this was just all about me, you're right, and I'm fine with that. But what I don't understand and what frustrates me is if we all go back to, uh, let's go back to the beach and let's go back to this and, and that, and then that one person infects 100 people, now sports have to be like, okay, we've got to stop. There was a, there was an, an AEW wrestling pay-per-view over the weekend called, I think it was called All In. It was it's It's like the secondary wrestling federation to WWE. WWE is up here, and then AEW is gaining some steam, and they're beating WWE on Wednesday nights for the most part. All right. It's like Chris Jericho and Dusty Rhodes' kid, Cody Rhodes, is the organizer of it. They held a match, a five-on-five match, inside an empty Jacksonville Jaguar stadium at this pay-per-view. And they just, like, used every possible corner of the stadium. They were, like, up in the press box at one point, and they were running around different parts of really? behind and stuff. And so, uh, I mean... I think there's certain, and by the way, like that same group had a Memorial Day party the next day, and they were all and like Mike Tyson made an appearance at this thing, and they all got their arms around each other. And I'm just in the boat of like, listen, if people want to, if they want to gather, I say let's test the waters on some certain certain things. But I'm with you, and I agree with that. I'm going to let the first wave of people do some testing. Call me a wuss if you want. Well, That's if, fine. If they get see what happens. If they get sick, I don't care. But what I don't want is for it to spread again. And now, and now, things that I want and need for my life are impacted. Yeah, but everyone's kind of—I think everyone is sort of in that boat, and everyone wants and needs different things. You want and need sports. Other people want and need. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now to be around the beach. Not necessary. Like you could shut beaches down right now for in perpetuity until I'm dead. I'm happy. Beaches unnecessary. <laughs> See, I love beaches. Beaches. I, love I also beach I don't want to be at a crowded beach right now. Correct. You know what? So. We'll get you a swimming pool. Okay. We'll get you a towel. <laughs> we'll get you a Shea Lounge chair. Okay. Sounds good. You don't need sand. By the way, uh, if you haven't checked out, we found the first ever episode of Mackie and Judd from 2014, six and a half years ago, and we posted that to the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. You may have seen it in your podcast feed, but go check that out. It's it's our first four hour show. The day after the Super Bowl in 2014, after the Patriots beat the Seahawks, I believe. is I think that might have been the game where they didn't hand off to Marshawn Lynch, and we talked about that the it next day. It was the Daryl Bevel play call with Pete Carroll. If you could give correct. us a five-star rating, that would be super helpful. And don't be don't be uh, shy to check out our Daily Vikings podcast as well, Purple Daily, anywhere you find podcasts. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. 
But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother. We don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.